결혼하면서 했던 말 기억나? 미국에 가서 서로를 구해주지 할까 했다고 우리 새로 시작한다고 했잖아 이게 그거야 Remember what we said when we got married? That we'd go to America and save each other. We said we wanted a new start. This is it. Kinka and Kinka, 여러분 안녕하세요. This is Rome Orlando Jr., Kinka Chingu, your Kinka classmate, and the host of Kinka Podcast, K Drama and Language Learning. Welcome to another week of celebrating the marriage of Korean drama and language learning. Hello, 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 everybody. How are you doing? 잘 지내고 있나요? 저도 잘 지내고 있어요. Um, also, this week, I'm supposed to feature a movie called The Juror 7. But instead of doing that, I decided to feature this film that just got awards recently. And actually, it was also not so long ago when it became... I mean, it was released to the general masses in cinemas or in wherever. So yeah, today I'm gonna feature the film Minari. Where Steven Yoon is like the lead actor. So yeah, before everything, the format of the show is still the same. I'm gonna do the language thingy for the first five to eight minutes. Well, yeah. So yeah, if that's not your thing, you can skip the next five to eight minutes or just look at the show notes. I usually put the timestamp for everything that's going on in here. And then after that, uh, some stat, some study tips. And then the discussion about the drama or the movie together with the song recommendation and K-drama word of wisdom, yeah. We'll always have some K-drama words of wisdom every week. So yeah, that's what you can expect in today's episode. Are you ready for this? Well, I should ask myself if I'm ready for this. I'm just looking at my notes right now. And yeah, my list for the vocabulary words are complete and everything that I should be talking about are here. Alright, so yeah. Um, I should cut this short, right? I think my introduction is so long sometimes. And I'm just blabbering words that you don't even need. But if you like hearing my voice, that's okay, right? You're not feeling bad about me speaking too much. Anyway, okay, so now let's do the vocabulary words. Alright, so now we'll have the weekly vocab. So in this week, we still have five weekly words, weekly vocabulary words, yeah. And these words are from the movie Minari, okay. Um, Most of this probably could be familiar to you. They're actually a little bit familiar to me, but I've never listed them down on my vocabulary um, chart or um, vocabulary notebook. So it's like, you know, if we don't list them, we have the tendency to forget about them. So, so yeah, let's study these words today. First word, buhajong, buhajong, buhajong is a hatchery. 
Um, it could be for poultry, for pigs, different kinds of agricultural animals. So, bu ha jung. Let's use bu ha jung in a sentence. Kundega kajok hagi jone. Igosen murkugi puang. It was a fish hatchery before the army took it over. Alright, next word. To snore. To snore. Let's use it in a sentence. 가끔 술에 취하면 굴을 골아요. 가끔 술에 취하면 굴을 골아요. Sometimes I snore when I'm drunk. Alright, so that's a sample sentence, not about myself, okay? <laughs> Alright, third. 폐기하다. 폐기하다. 폐기하다 means to scrap, to discard, to denounce, or to abrogate. 폐기하다. Let's use it in a sentence. 이 모든 걸 일이 끝난 후엔 다 폐기하라고요? 이 모든 걸 일이 끝난 후엔 다 폐기하라고요? So, you're saying we'll discard this whole thing after all that work? We'll discard this whole thing after all that work? Yeah. Pegihada. Alright, next word. Chondang. Chondang. Actually, this is not the first time I heard this word, but like, the only word, I mean, I know heaven as Chongguk, but it's the first time I heard Chondang, I think, in a K-drama or in a movie. So, Chondang. Chondang is heaven paradise or whatever i mean that place above chondang so let's use chondang in a sentence 교회는 전당으로 돌아가는 문이 아니다 교회는 전당으로 들어가는 문이 아니다 the church is not a gateway to heaven okay so these sentences are not from me all of these are from neighbor okay all right final word 중풍, 중풍, 중풍 is stroke, stroke, yeah, not the stroke of a hand or something, but, you know, the disease stroke or the medical stroke, 중풍, let's use 중풍 in a sentence, 그 노인은 중풍으로 10년간 누워있다, 그 노인은 중풍으로 10년간 누워있다, the old man has been laid up with palsy for 10 years. Jungpung. So those are our five vocabulary words of the week that were taken from Minari. Let's review them. Buhajong. Buhajong. A hatchery. Kurukulta. Kurukulta. To snore. Pegihada. Pegihada. To scrap, discard, denounce, or abrogate. Chondang, heaven. Jungpung, stroke. Alright, so yeah, those are our weekly vocabs. Um, as usual, I'll put them on my Instagram page. So follow my Instagram page if you want to review these vocabulary words in a f- somehow flashcard format. Or if not, these are also going to be in the show notes together with the sample sentences so that you can study them yourselves during your own free time. Alright. So, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And then, so, study tip. Yeah, what is my study tip for this week? My study tip for this week is for you to use dictation. So, this dictation is actually a language learning tool. 
um, I think it's quite a popular method that people do. And in Korean, it's called padasugi. Padasugi, so dictation. So what you do is you listen to something and then you write down what you heard. So either you write them down by hand or you type them. It's up to you. Um, why am I recommending this? This is to train your ears somehow and also to train your brain in processing what you hear. So dictation. I'm not a linguistics expert so I cannot really explain this in as much detail as I want but there is this Science Direct journal article about using dictation as a language learning tool and I will put that in our further reading so you can read on that and yeah before you actually use the dictation I do this a lot like nowadays when I whenever I watch a K-drama that doesn't provide Korean subtitles I sometimes do dictation so that I can use them for the monologues that I do so I listen to the Korean and then I type down the script or whatever they were saying alright so make sure to use that I mean read the readings and then try doing dictation yourself and let me know what you think about it okay so now that's it for the language part and now we can discuss about this K movie that has just been you know just so wonderful so before I actually begin discussing whatever it is that I want to talk about let me first read to you a synopsis of the movie Minari from the producer of the show itself, A24 Films. Okay, let me read it. A tender and sweeping story about what Root says. Minari follows a Korean-American family that moves to Arkansas or moves to an Arkansas farm in search of their own American dream. The family home changes completely with the arrival of their sly, foul-mouthed but incredibly loving grandmother. Amidst the instability and challenges of this new life in the rugged Ozarks, Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. Okay, so that was a really good synopsis. I mean, it doesn't give us everything and that's fine. I mean, it gives us a grasp of what the movie is all about. And also it lists down some of the awards that this film won in last year's 2020 Sundance Film Festival. And the awards are the Grand Jury Prize and the U.S. Dramatic Audience Award. I don't know what the, the nomination or the award festival that was recently held but this film got several new nominations and awards just recently i don't know the fight the like the details because it's not my thing to look those things up but yeah uh, it won some new awards like the lead character alan kim the young boy the pretty boy also won a best actor award somewhere i think um I'll look it up maybe and maybe if I can find a link that lists down everything, I'll put it in the show notes as well so you can check it out yourself if that interests you. Okay. All right. Um, of A background first, why I, be, I, I was interested to feature this movie. Uh, it's because 
I've heard about this movie from early last year. I am in this Facebook group that has mostly Asian and American people. I'm not Asian American, but I was just in that group. It's a podcast group, actually. It's a podcast group of mostly Asian American people. I'm not Asian American. I'm just in that Facebook group. And one of the guys out there shared about um, this movie, Minari. I think he was able to watch it like from the time that it was released in America. I think when they had an early release last year. He was able to watch it and he highly recommended it to the people in the group. And so I became interested in this movie from then on. And from that time until this year, I've been waiting to like for it to be finally released in cinemas or anywhere that people can actually watch it legally. So I, I was just waiting for a long time. And then, yeah, this year, I think in February or last week of February or early March, it was finally made available to the world. Well, not really, but it became available in cinemas and then in some streaming platforms that includes Apple TV, Amazon Prime, and other streaming platforms. Unfortunately, if you're not in America or somewhere else, I can only speak for the Philippines. If you're in the Philippines, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, no matter what you do, you won't be able to access Minari, I think, because of the regional block. And even though I tried using VPN to access it, it was just impossible. So what I did was I found out that it will become available on YouTube for rent for about $20. And I looked it up. It's also It wasn't available in the Philippines as well. So I used the VPN on YouTube and it worked. So I just had to pay $20 to watch this film. And yeah, for all of you out there who are listening to this episode, yeah, I think that is the current currently only legal way for you to watch it is you can go through this YouTube Amazon Prime, Apple TV. If your VPN works for all of these, you can check out whether you can look it up and then rent the film. I think that's the only legal way to do it right now. And I recommend watching it the legal way because, well, as a person who also does arts and creative stuff, I'd really promote watching things legally. Yeah, please, as much as possible, avoid piracy. Yeah. It's not like an advocacy of mine, but um, as an artist myself, I prefer that, you know, we go through the legal ways as much as possible. Okay, so watch it legally. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I think right now it's still not available everywhere else. So, yeah. But I think there's a plan for it to be available on Netflix sometime in the future because a lot of A24 films are becoming available in Netflix anyway but it might take time so you can either do what I did rent it via YouTube or somewhere else but it's rent so you're paying for just 48 hours of viewing it but you can watch it with your family at least 
So yeah, you can do that. Or you can just wait for Netflix to make it available. All right, I'm back. I'm actually back from a break. <laughs> I just took a quick break and not really quick. It's quite long, but anyway, I'm here now. So let's continue with the discussion. Um, the first thing that I'd like to point out here is that this K movie is... Well, I'm actually not sure whether I should categorize this as a Korean movie because it's definitely American-made. And although it's American-made, well, the main language of the movie is Korean and it's a story about Korean people migrating to the States. So I guess I can still call it as a Korean movie, yeah. Some of you might agree, some of you might disagree, that's fine. I'm totally fine with holding um, two different opinions on my head. That's kind of nowadays something that I'm practicing, holding contradictory ideas in my head at the same time and accepting that one might be okay and the other might also be okay. <laughs> so anyway, I just mentioned that. Um, yeah, so it's a Korean movie that's really interesting. Um, it's not the same as Parasite, okay? Because I think if you're gonna watch this and you're new to Korean movies or Korean drama and you're only watching this because it it won awards and you might compare it to Parasite, I'm telling you that they're not the same. They don't have the same themes, they don't have the same directors, they don't have the same set of actors and actresses. They're completely different. I think the only thing similar is that they're telling stories of people or Korean people. So that's the only thing that's similar. Um, some of my friends actually were kind of saying that their friends told them not to watch it because it might seem boring or, well, at least the girlfriend of my friend told him that, yeah, they found it boring. So, I mean, friend of a friend of a friend, something like that that they found it boring so they said okay don't watch it or something but it's not that it's boring for me i didn't find it boring but rather i found it as a period drama or a period movie and therefore i had that expectation that the movie was set in the 1980s and if it's set in the 1980s what do we expect do we expect like you know rather techno music or stuff no it's kind of a farm life and it's very idyllic or i don't know how to describe it but there's that old feels like you know like you get that it's something that's from the past and yeah i think that's justified because it's from the 1980s anyway and so I don't agree with them saying that it's boring. It's not boring, I tell you. It's just that the pace of the movie is not as fast as what we're used to. Because nowadays, all of us are so used to fast-paced movies, fast-paced dramas. But, you know, sometimes it's good to just take your time and enjoy the scenes or process the lines or process what's actually going on in the scenes right so yeah i'd like to talk about the family dynamics that's in the movie 
there's okay so we all know um by the way if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched the movie and you don't like spoilers please stop listening now and just listen to it after you watch the movie but if you're okay with spoilers then continue listening but yeah i think i normally say that in the show notes if you're reading the show notes anyway so you are warned okay so family dynamics um there are how many people main main characters in the story we have the dad jacob the wife monica the kids david and what's the name of the girl i forgot i'm sorry and then sunja the harmony our grandma in the story so um the family dynamics is quite interesting in my opinion because it starts off with this family of four and they're not completely settled and they're not completely a they're not really a happy fi- family in my opinion because they have different views the jacob wanted to do things this way and his wife wanted to do things the other way but in the end because jacob was the provider of the family he gets to you know decide for the family and so they moved from california to arkansas and it was an interesting thing because he moved there so that he could buy a land and then he could build a big garden but rather a farm and make life for himself and find success for himself in that way um okay so that's kind of why am i saying this um what is my point i don't remember it's just that i i think i just wanted to talk about family dynamics and i'm kind of lost but there's this scene in the movie that i really enjoyed it's when jacob and his wife were fighting and then suddenly the kids were writing on paper like they were writing don't fight don't fight on paper and then they were folding it into paper planes and then throwing those papers into their parents i just found that really funny uh yeah it's so funny but it didn't have an effect on the plot because i think the parents didn't even see it but it's just cute seeing kids that way and then grandma grandma came because well to help them with the uh, taking care of the children and i think that's common for asian families that when the parents are busy and then the grandparents the grandma or the grandpa have a lot of time on their hands then usually they get to take care of their grandchildren Um, that was also my experience when I was young. I was sent to my grandparents and my grandparents took care of me until I was in high school. And yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting that this is shown here. Um, I'm not sure, however, if that's really a possible thing. I mean, you'd, I mean, for someone to ask, their parents to go to the states to take care of their children i somehow think that's kind of a little bit far-fetched but i i'm not discounting the idea that it is actually possible but yeah so yeah mm, what else do i want to say about the family they're a very interesting family and they were korean so i guess they had to exhibit korean characteristics Um, well, 1980s Korean characteristics. Some things might have changed. 
from that time up to this time. So, uh, yeah, speaking of time, so it's 1980, and you might wonder if if you don't know much about Korean history, why are Koreans moving to the states to find or to fulfill their American dream? It's because in the 1980s, Korea wasn't actually very well off, and I think until 1999, Korea was still somehow struggling, and it's still very different from the Korea that we know today. Because today, Korea is like a first world country. But in the past, they weren't, and they also had different kinds of struggles. And so, Koreans also migrated from Korea to the states and to different places to fulfill their. Different kinds of dreams to succeed, and whatnot. And so, yeah. Um, actually, thinking about this, I would say that the movie Minari is not exactly. It's not only. It's not only a story of Korean migrants, but rather it's somehow a story of, of whole migrants from Asia. Um, is that valid? I mean, would you agree on that? I'm. I'm thinking it's kind of the same because. Asians when they go to America and migrate there and try to build a life of their own there, they kind of go through. Generally, they kind of go through the same story, like when, especially for example, when they went to church, and they were easily noticed because they looked different, and there was even this boy who said, "Oh, why is your face so flat?" And yeah, I think. In that case, if you're a migrant, an Asian migrant to the states, then you easily stand out. At least during that time, in the 1980s, and I'm not sure if that's the case right now because a lot of Asians are occupying America already. And okay, because I've mentioned it already. I mean, because we're talking about Asians in Americans, why don't we spend a moment to? Like consider those who were、um, victimized by Asian hate because the a few weeks ago there was that hate crime that happened in America against Asians. So yeah, why don't we take a moment to you know just think about them. Okay, so was that unsettling? I'm sorry. Um, it just came to my mind because I'm recording this podcast about migrants, Asian migrants to the state, and if you're updated with the news, I'm sure you've heard about that. And I'm I don't usually take political sides with regards to anything. I mean, I have my own political opinions, but I don't openly speak about them. But yeah, I. I, I definitely believe that hate crimes, no matter what what the reason is, is a crime, and violence in any degree should not be tolerated. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Okay, let's let's move on because there's still some few points that I wanted to talk about. Um, and this one is about farming industry. 
Okay, because why am I talking about farming industry? It's because this is the industry that is mainly highlighted in the movie. So the first thing that all that's in the farming industry is the idea of a hatchery or Saxon chicken or chicks. So that's actually the job of Jacob and his wife. They were sexing chicks. Um, when we say sexing chicks, if you're not familiar with the term, it means discriminating or <laughs> should discriminating be the word? No, um, it's separating female chicks from male chicks. And what happens is that the male chicks are separated because they're considered as of no use. And that's also what Jacob told his son, actually, that male chicks are useless, so they get thrown or they get crushed or burned. Meanwhile, the female chicks are grown into chicken, and then they give birth to chicks, they be, and, you know, reproduction and stuff. But male chicks don't get that chance because male chicks are burnt while they are young. And this is something that I first learned about when I watched a a YouTube video about why we need to be vegetarians or a vegan. Vegan. I'm not vegan myself, but I also don't like the practices that um how the agricultural system works and and cause suffering to animals so yeah um this is in the 1980s so it's kind of harsh to the male chicks in a way and i do believe that there are other different ways to do that instead of you know just trashing the male chicks and you know making it the end of them it's kind of sad but that's the reality during that time and it is still the reality during this time that Animals still go through unnecessary suffering because of our eating habits. And I'm not telling you to become vegan or anything. I mean, I'm not trying to change your like mindset or anything right here. But I'm just saying that I've learned about it. And it also like resonated with me that it's kind of painful to learn that male chicks die because they are considered worthless in that industry yeah okay so let's move on um i don't want to be making you feel bad about it or anything but um what's this all right the idea of farming as like a profession or a life life dream a life goal a life story or whatever Farming, in this movie, in Minari, or I don't know how they pronounce it really, Minari, Minari, Minari or Minari? No, it's Minari. Um, through this movie, I realized once again how difficult it actually is to be a farmer. And I'm from the Philippines. Um, in the Philippines, we're mostly agricultural, but although... Uh, my grandfather was a farmer and I lived mostly with farmers when I was young. I didn't realize that it was actually super difficult to be a farmer because there's a lot of factors that can, you know, just suddenly 
destroy your crops and make it not profitable and i think i think my world view about farming was kind of destroyed because of farming simulation games like animal crossing story of seasons harvest moon that crops just um i mean there's not much loss whenever you farm or something or maybe i just didn't experience any bad thing during those farming simulation games that i tried but yeah i mean because of the simplistic farming simulation games that i've been exposed to in the past i forgot that farming is actually a difficult job so yeah um this movie opened my mind to that and it made me think about all the farmers out there spending their time shedding tears sweat and maybe sometimes blood just so we can have rice and grains and you know fruit and vegetables in our tables and yeah it's not an easy job farming hmm. okay mm, okay so i think that's just it about the industry there's nothing much that i want to say about that it's just that i feel for them this movie made me empathize with them more all right so i just have this last point that i want to deliver or i want to answer should non-korean asians watch this movie too i think so even if you're not migrants to the states yeah because this story is not simply about koreans migrating to the states but it's a story about a family that's building a life together and then weighing success or togetherness and i think all of us can relate to this um we can all relate to these three generations of people so we have the kids david and his sister we have jacob and his wife and then our harmony our grandma sunja so there's three generations here and we can see the play of relationships and how it's actually like for asian families in general i think asian families in general can relate to this family structure and the relationships that they have so it's it's very similar to us and aside from being able to relate to the movie as asians i think there's a lot that we can learn as well we can learn about what building family building a family together or um, we can understand better or we can have a better perspective at seeing what really matters so that's one thing that one of my friends who watched the movie said that yeah because of watching the, this movie she had this perspective once again and um, she has gained the understanding that yeah now i'm like uh enlightened once again to understand what really matters and that might mean different things to a lot of people and that's fine you can you know you can learn whatever you should learn i mean it's a movie you can learn different kinds of things from it depending on where you are at at life and that's totally fine so yeah i, I think everybody should watch this movie it's a good movie all right um although some somehow i'm just thinking that it's 
a because it's a it's really a Korean movie, and um, if we say as non-Korean Asians say that we can relate to it, I'm just sometimes wondering if Koreans would be super possessive and just say that it's our movie, it's our story, it's not your story, it's Korean or something like that, because they have this culture of uri, so it's theirs or ours so literally uri is ours so they have that culture of like um having an ownership of things that are rightfully theirs so it's really their story um we can't deny that but i'm just somehow thinking if we say that we can relate to it as asians that maybe some people would feel a little bit salty about it and say that no it's just ours but no that's just some speculation at the back of my head it doesn't really take any merit all right so actually that's all that i want to say about minari it's a really good movie and minari is okay you just find out what minari is when you watch the movie it's it's a really good movie i recommend it to everyone who's listening to this podcast please watch it legally if you may and yeah that's it and before we go song recommendation okay so the song recommendation that i have for you this week is actually from the k-drama called when the camellia blooms and the song is isang han saram literally this is weird person but the english title is foolish love so isang han saram it's sung by john park it's one of the theme songs of when the camellia blooms i'm gonna feature when the camellia blooms maybe next week or sometime in april i'm just gonna arrange my schedule for that but yeah it's a really good song and that's why i'm recommending it to you if you still haven't checked out i have a playlist on spotify and on youtube music if you want to listen to my song recommendations and the my favorite osts from my favorite k-dramas and i am continuously updating that list from time to time so Make sure to follow it if you want to listen to the same Korean OST music that I'm listening to. Okay, so do that. And then lastly, before we really leave, okay, so this is the really the last part. Our K-drama word of wisdom for the week is this line from Grandma from Sunja, our harmony. She said, things that hide are more scary and dangerous. Things that hide are more scary and dangerous. Okay, I'm not gonna explain because not that I'm lazy, but it could mean different things depending on like the situation you're in or anything and depending on the context. But I agree that things that hide are more scary and dangerous, usually, most of the times. All right, so yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you going to this podcast every week and listening to whatever i'm saying and yeah is there something else that i need to say um if you enjoyed this episode and you still haven't followed this podcast you still haven't subscribed please follow it wherever you're listening to and also check out the um check out the episode notes the show notes to see whatever i have there I mean, yeah, I think I'm promoting some stuff from time to time, but yeah. Uh, also, share this with your friends if you enjoyed it. Some of them might also want to listen to a K-drama Korean language learning podcast. So yeah, 
Thank you very much, and I hope to see you again next week. Alright, 감사합니다. 안녕히 계세요. Bye bye.